0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the episode of Hard Foul Radio. I appreciate you here joining us on this Tuesday. Uh, Let's start off by saying, yes, I did not record an episode for Monday. I apologize. Some stuff came up, or maybe I slept in. Who knows? Eh. Um, But moving on, you guys will get an episode Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I apologize. Thanks for you that tuned in for the episode last Friday and for the episode about why I love talking. I appreciate that very much. Also, let's get out of the way here really quick. Prayers for Nick Foles, broken collarbone. I know how crushing that is if you're a fan of the team and just for him in general, looking forward to playing with new team. The fans excited for this season. Good amount due to him. And just to see that pretty much get taken away from them for 10 to 11 weeks and who knows how he's going to be post that injury this season. It's really tough. You never want to see that for a fan base. <laughs> so starting off today's show. We have to start with New England, guys. We do. I know everyone is sick of New England. Everyone is, oh my gosh, Tom Brady. They need to fall off. They just keep winning. And I'm not a Patriot guy, per se. I grew up a lot, like most 21st century kids. I really hated the Patriots growing up uh, due to the fact they were always winning. And yes, there is Spygate and Deflategate and other stuff that coincides with the dislike of the Patriots. But let's just be honest about the Patriots. They're just kind of better and smarter than everyone else. Last time I said this, a couple of my friends got mad and blocked me on Twitter for a short amount of time. So who knows who's going to block me today? But the thing that's most impressive about the Patriots, in America, restaurants primarily are failing businesses. They are. As many restaurants as you see, the number is staggering. It's 60 to 70% of restaurants fail, and most fail within their first year, year and a half of being open. The thing about restaurants, though, is once you learn how to make money, once you've paid for all your food, paid all your employees, paid yourself, and you still, even let's just say have a dollar after, you've made it. You have found a way to consistently make money and have a profitable restaurant. And then you can just kind of copy and paste that exact same formula. But in order to do that, you gotta hire the right people. Yeah, you might be the owner of the restaurant. When you first get into it, you got some money, and you know, you build the restaurant, you get the location that you want, you hire a couple cooks and you're like, You're right, I got this. But early on, you yourself have to work in the kitchen, you yourself have to Uh, go take orders, you yourself have to be involved in some form of the day-to-day activities. Then, as you start making some money, you can hire some people, you hire a chef, you hire a good manager, you hire people to take charge and people to be in charge of the store. And you got it. Most NFL teams, like restaurants, are failing. We Don't always look at it like that because we're fans and we have optimism and we have hope. But the majority of teams in the league are failing. I'm a Bronco fan. And if you saw the Monday night game, it wasn't pretty. And post Peyton Manning, there's been a lot of failing going on in Denver. But the reason why they fail is because they don't have the right people in place. It's a coach-quarterback league. Why is that? Because if you get the right coach, you get the right quarterback – That is hiring the right people. And as an NFL team and as an owner, you can basically just write a check and you got it to go. Robert Kraft has written the best checks the past 19 years of the NFL. He can basically just sit back. He's got the right GM, Bill Belichick, the right head coach, Bill Belichick, and the right quarterback, Tom Brady. Excuse me. It is, and if you've seen any business, it is so unbelievably imperative that you have the right people because you yourself cannot do it all. You can put on a bunch of hats at the beginning and say, oh, well, I make it work or, oh, well, we survived. We made it through this quarter. There's a saying, "Wear of many hats or jack of all trades, master of none. And there's a lot of NFL teams they get a good player here and there, and that good player, you know, if you have a really good left tackle, maybe he overshadows the fact your offensive line as a whole is not that great. If you get a really good corner, then he kind of overshadows the fact your second is maybe not that great. But he can't wear all those hats. He's not the right person. You need more of the right people in charge. And not only did Robert Kraft get Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to be the right people in charge, from there, They start adding in different pieces, and if you look over the year, the Nate Soldiers, the Matt Lights, uh, as far as offensive linemen, Gronkowski, excuse me, uh, bringing in Randy Moss, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. There's been on defense Vince Wilfork, Richard Seymour, Stephon Gilmore, uh, Teddy Bruschi, uh, Dante Hightower. They just keep hiring the right people, keep putting in the right places. I mean... You can only say, oh, they're cheaters. Oh, it's just unfair. Oh, I just don't like Tom Brady. Oh, they're just... There is no more excuses when you go on a 19-year unprecedented run like they have. It's a successful business. It's a successful restaurant. The right manager's in place at that store. The right executive chef is in place at that store. Even the employees who at most places... What would be considered your bottom line employees? Most people think, oh, well, they don't really care or they're not really involved. Not if you have a good manager. Not if you have someone who is baking them a part of the team and doing a successful job at it. Right people, right places, right part. New England is a 19-year successful restaurant, which once you have that in the restaurant business, you would then start a chain of restaurants. In the NFL, the way free agency works. You pretty much get a new team, a new restaurant each couple of years, and the chain keeps moving because they know how to hire and put the right people in place. Moving on with the less well-known or less sexy team. Coming into the year, the Cleveland Browns had a bunch of hype. Odell Beckham Jr., Miles Garrett was going to take the next big step, Baker Mayfield. They went from no wins to seven wins. Everyone was excited. And let me be clear, Browns fans, you guys should be excited. If you're coming off, if you're coming where you're coming from to where you are now, I think there's still a lot of reason to be optimistic and a lot of reason to be very excited for this NFL season. With that being said, though, you guys got kind of whopped in week one. That's fair to say, right? And who did you lose to? Ah, the Tennessee Titans. Do you know something about the Tennessee Titans? Do you know the Tennessee Titans have three straight nine win seasons? I want you right now as a fan to go think of your own team, and I want you to think of what has our record been in the last three years? Do we have three straight nine win seasons? Atlanta, you guys went to the Super Bowl. You don't have three straight nine-win seasons. Unless you're a New England, Pittsburgh, excuse me, a truly one of the powerhouse franchises. Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers, arguably would say the best quarterback in the league. They don't have three straight nine-win seasons. But what does Tennessee have? Marcus Mariota, Delaney Walker... Um, And a lot of people really start to fall off after that. You don't really, not a lot of people know a lot of Tennessee Titans players. Which is understandable because the Titans aren't really a flashy team. They just kind of keep cranking out and producing. You know, there's a lot of people who are really funny on Twitter and post really good pictures on Instagram. But you don't really think of the mid-tier account. You don't think of the guy on Twitter who has 10,000 followers. You go straight for the big celebrity who's got 500,000 followers, 5 million followers. However much um, Obama and Dwayne Johnson, I don't know if it's, or Justin Bieber on Twitter or Selena is one of them who has like 100 million followers, almost 100 million followers. You go to those accounts. The movie stars with 10 million. Brad, I don't know how many followers Brad Pitt has on Twitter, but I'm guessing it's a lot. On Instagram, Dwayne Johnson's got some of the most. Uh, Rihanna's up there. Um, the the Kardashians, Kylie Jenner. You don't look at just the really good photographer in your neighborhood who maybe has got 5,000 people following him and gets a 1,000 or so likes, but he keeps putting out good pictures. The guy on Twitter keeps putting out good content, good commentary stuff. That people are still engaging with. But they're not known. But they keep doing it. The Titans, you're never going to look at and say, wow, that's a team I need to go watch on Sunday. But when you look at it at the end of the day, but they had a better record and a better performance. And consistently, just get more wins than your favorite team. And the Titans... Like the average size Instagram account, the average size Twitter account. They flare up every now and again. They beat excuse me. They beat the Cowboys. We start talking about them. They beat the Patriots. We start talking about them. They beat the Cleveland Browns. Which Cleveland, once again, the Titans being the underdog and the less talked about team against Cleveland. Uh, if you've looked the last 20 years of the league, you guys have made a huge step forward. I'm not trying to just put you down right now. But the Titans flare up when they get these big, noteworthy wins. And then we just kind of forget about them, but they just keep cranking out wins, keep cranking out. like The Twitter account keeps cranking out good content. Titans are a team to watch. And I didn't put them in my AFC playoff picture, but... I don't do rankings after week one. I do quarterly rankings. I will get to though in the next part of the show, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The Tennessee Titans, there, they're definitely on the good side of things, and they might be one of the teams that uh, if my if my favorite team don't step it up, they they they're gonna be in that other play spot. This is hard foul. Thank you for listening. We'll be back momentarily. Hope you're enjoying yourself on this Tuesday, whether you are listening to this in the morning and you're just waking up on the right side of the bed. You listen to this the evening as you're winding down, getting ready for your day to be over. I appreciate you for spending some time here with me. I am only going to be doing rankings in the NFL. I'm a this up kind of per sport. But I'm going to do power rankings every four weeks. Something I will do is after each week, And it's Tuesday, so after the Monday Night Football game, we will do the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, let's get into it. The good. Some of this is really simple, obviously. The Ravens. What more can you say? 59 points. Lamar Jackson. Five touchdown passes. They were so good. A guy went and put $30,000, which is a lot of money, on Point spreading, if I'm saying that correctly, which is how many times the team is going to cover against the spread. He put $30,000 down, won $600,000. I think that means to them the good, and they could be the great. The Chiefs, also part of the good, which by the way, for each of these, the good, bad, and ugly, each get three. So three goods, three bads, three uglies. The good for the Chiefs, 40 points. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns. Sammy Watkins, three touchdowns. Even with the defense still looking a little better, but not much better than what they were last season, Patrick Mahomes is that good. Patrick Mahomes has that many weapons. Kelsey, Watkins, Hill. I mean, they they have LaShawn McCoy is just, yeah, I guess we'll add him to the team. Cowboys is our final good. Uh, five straight scoring drives. Dak Prescott, four touchdowns, 400 yards. Um, the defense, fill out the stats. They just look good. Vander Esch, uh, Jalen Smith, the Marcus Lawrence. I mean, they just got players everywhere. Ezekiel Elliott, he's there. He's happy. Um, Amari Cooper. I mean, this this is a really good football team. Like I said, I think the Eagles are a better roster from top to bottom. Part of that has to do with defensive line. Um but the Cowboys, if the Eagles weren't in their division, the Cowboys are winning a lot of divisions in this league. The bad, um, this one, I have to be petty slash realistic. So this bad, this first one, um, I started with Mahomes' no-look pass. Uh, he even joked about on Twitter, oh, oh, Travis Kelsey won. This is one thing I think you have to be worried about if you're the Chiefs, that Mahomes – Does kind of buy into his own persona of damn, I'm pretty good. I can throw no look passes, I can throw 60 yards whenever I want. And since quarterbacks have the ball in their hand, they can audible and do all this fun stuff. It looks great when it works, not so great when it doesn't. But I'm kind of just being a hater here. The Chiefs still won. The bad should be the Monday night game, the second Monday night game, which was the Broncos and Raiders. The Broncos have a real big problem here. The Broncos' offense is beyond broken at this point. This is going to be going on year three, or year four, really, of just really inept play offensively, and something needs to change because while I think this defense is still good, I think it's got top ten potential, I don't even know how you energize the defense up to saying, guys, Von Miller's going on year four of, can we even get 20 points the Broncos are the bad, and the Mahomes don't look past. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are our second bad. Uh, 12 points. They look flat. Atlanta is it's an anomaly team, if you ask me. I don't even have seen a team in my life that over the duration of Matt Ryan's career, when they're great, they're great. And when they're bad, it's really bad. I mean, if you look at Matt Ryan's first season, they make the playoffs. They look great. Then they go down for a season, and eh, not so great. Then they get a 13-win season, the number one seed. And then a couple seasons, uh eh. The Super Bowl being the ultimate example, they come out, look great in the first half. And then the second half, we know what happened. Uh, and yesterday yeah, was an example of, or Sunday, I'm sorry, it was an example of, they just came out, they looked flat, they looked really bad. Atlanta can look like a Super Bowl team. They can look like a top five pick in the draft team. And the other, my last bad, uh, and let's not overreact here. Uh, but the Browns, you play bad. Uh, normally, I would put this performance would be would justify an ugly. But I'm not gonna overreact here on the Browns. I still think they're insanely talented. Uh, I also don't know if I have enough money to talk about Odell Beckham wearing a three hundred thousand dollar watch on the field. I don't feel I'm qualified <laughs> enough uh, to do that. The, the little meme or the video of the girl who's like, I smell broke people. Uh, we were all broke people to Odell Beckham Jr. on Sunday. Last, we have the ugly. So the first ugly, we got to go there. They were our first great or first good. Uh, the other side of that being the Dolphins. It was ugly, man. Uh, Gave up 59 points. I mean, the Ravens had, what, three incompletions? I don't think – RG3 came in the game and threw a touchdown, didn't have any completion. Lamar Jackson looked like – I mean, Warren Moon was on the field. It was was all bad. Uh, No offense. Supposedly, there were Miami players who were calling uh, their agents and saying, get me out of here. Miami looks terrible. Uh, Tanking or not tanking, if you're starting the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback – uh, you might not call it tanking, but uh, second ugly, Mitch Trubisky. Um, Joe Flacco could have also been in this. You could you could do either of them. and Yeah, let's, let's include both of them, Mitch Trubisky and Joe Flacco. Uh, Vic Fangio having a correlating part to both these quarterbacks. You try to do fun stuff in the offense or tricky stuff in the offense or stuff to just hide the fact they might not be the best. But when they have games like they had on uh, Thursday night and Monday night, sometimes you just can't hide them. They just came out. They looked anemic. Uh, Flacco, I think, has a better arm than Trubisky, but both looked really bad. Looked like for the throws you have to make and the throws you have to complete and the downs, the third downs, you have to convert. They just – you didn't – there was no at any point confidence in any of them. Uh Those are two ugly quarterbacks at the moment, the way they played week one. And our last ugly, if the Dolphins didn't put on the worst performance of the week one, the Browns were close. But I think the Steelers came out considering primetime Sunday night football game. You're playing against the Patriots. You are supposed to be in that tier of team. You didn't make the playoffs last year. You got rid of Le'Veon Bell. You got rid of Antonio Brown. Other two noisy. We're gonna be better. Addition by subtraction. And we need to just put addition by subtraction to rest because it really never seems to pan out that well. The Steelers came out, uh, the game was ugly, they played ugly, it just it went bad real quick. Um, excuse me. And just, uh, Big Ben, you need to, Big Ben needs to step it up. Just those were our good, the bad, and the ugly from week one of the NFL season. Next, we have the Colts and the Chargers game, which I want to highlight something here really quick. The NFL sometimes can work like a car. In your car, if you're like me, Or you are someone with little mechanical experience when it comes to or automotive experience when it comes to a car. You just see if you lift the hood on your car, there's a lot of parts. A lot of parts. You don't know what a lot of these parts do. But you know these parts work. And you know they work because your car drives. You drive to work, drive to your friend's house, drive to a baseball game, a football game. You're good. You're good. You got this. There's nothing to be worried about. You know what, when it doesn't work, you know what you can tell isn't working? Your engine. If your engine has an issue, you, you you learn real quick, real quick. Your transmission, if your transmission has an issue, you find out real quick. Your car will start going clunk, 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 and you're like, why can't I go faster? Why is my car slipping from reverse to drive? Scary transmission stories. The Colts and Chargers, I watched that game very closely on Sunday. And those two rosters, if you want to put them up side by side, that's pretty equal. Those are two top end, top five rosters in the NFL. But the difference being, the Chargers had Phillip Rivers. And I have different opinions, contrary to the norm. Of what how Philip Rivers should be evaluated, but Philip Rivers is a really good quarterback. The Colts obviously are supposed to have Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's retirement, so they have Jacoby Brissett, who I like Jacoby Brissett, but Jacoby Brissett is clearly not there yet. <sighs> the quarterback in the NFL, and sometimes yes, the position gets overhyped. Sometimes, yeah, we think, oh, it's just quarterback and everybody else is your second fiddle. Or we think, what is the true value of the QB? And when you have good quarterbacks playing, it's negligible sometimes. We're going to talk about the Saints and Texans game. And you saw two really good quarterbacks. It was almost negligible, like you need the surrounding pieces when both quarterbacks are really good. In the Chargers-Texans game, the, the quarterback, who's the transmission, who's the engine, it was working. And you could tell on the Colts side, it really wasn't. So when the game was unfolding, the spark plugs, who could be your left guard, your right defensive end, the defensive tackle... Uh, Just a a slot receiver. Those are the spark plugs. Those are your engine coils, but they're not your engine. They're not your transmission, which is your quarterback. The NFL. Just like a car. If your quarterback's not working, your quarterback's not playing well, your engineer transmission's not working, you're going to feel it. And Colts fans, you felt every bit of what it's like to not have Andrew Luck. You felt every bit of what it's like to not to come off the one of the greatest 20-plus year runs between Manning to Luck in NFL history. And now you just kind of feel like another NFL team, which is good pieces, good players, good coach, good GM, but not a great quarterback. Thank you for listening to Hard Felt Radio. We'll be back momentarily. Welcome back to Hard Foul. Hope you are enjoying yourself on this lovely Tuesday. As I said, I apologize once again for not having an episode on Monday. You will get an episode today, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, as well as No Feelings meetings will be coming out uh, either a little bit later today or Wednesday morning, and also getting A&M on Friday. As I said on the Friday episode, excuse me, we will be streaming on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, uh, that for sure will be the final week of September. I am hoping to get an early start next week, but don't hold me to that. Uh, I appreciate everybody as always. It's anyone that's listened to any of the podcasts, anyone who's ever taken the time out of the day to give it a view on YouTube, uh, to go listen to one of the segments. Like I just, I can't tell you guys enough. I love doing what I'm doing. I'm not making a dime, but I've been doing it for two plus years. appreciate you guys. Uh, I also apologize for those of you that have been listening pretty consistently and I've had to deal with some of my inconsistencies due to life. Uh, I appreciate you for still being here. So we got a couple of things here I want to talk about on the show. And um, we're going to end today's show as we are going to be ending all of our shows with it, with something only I would understand. But first, we need to recap uh, the Monday night game. The first one, the good one. And then I'm going to have some Bronco talk because. Uh, What would I be without Bronco talk? That's just who I am. And then uh, also some Pelican talk will be tomorrow. I am going to try to keep the Bronco and Pelican talk uh, as far as my favorite teams. uh, Mostly delegated to like, I'll try to do it once a week. And also get the Rays and Rockies in there. Um, But I'll try to keep it to just once a week. But who knows? Sometimes my fandom and my bias will just pop out. And if it does, I apologize. Deal with it. Uh, Skip ahead to later in the show. So, let's talk about the Saints and Texans. This was a really, really good game. I mean, like, a really good game. I'm going to talk tomorrow on Wednesday show about Matthew Stafford, and I think we need to really appreciate what Matthew Stafford is a lot more than we do now. Because uh, Matthew Stafford's in a really bad situation. Um. There's only a few quarterbacks who I feel really have to carry teams. Uh, Deshaun Watson is one of those quarterbacks who does have to do a lot of heavy lifting, and it looks really fun, and it's really cool to watch when he does heavy lifting. Now, difference between Watson and Safford, Watson has DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. Uh, They just got Jeremy Tunsil, which they're hoping is going to improve their offensive line. Uh, Tunsil played Pretty good for most of last night. Had a couple stretches of some inconsistent play. Uh, But the Texans, man, just as a watch and react from what I saw last night, they looked really good. And I know they lost, but they looked really good. Uh, And by they looked really good, I really just mean Deshaun Watson And Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins looked really, really good. That's going to be the team who is going to be in several shootouts. And that's a team you really don't want to play once they get hot. Once Deshaun Watson gets in the mode and he's out there throwing three, four touchdowns a week, getting 350, 400 yards, especially the way the NFL is now. That is a team when you're the Patriots or you're... Uh, what we think the Steelers should be, or if you're the Ravens, if you're the Chargers, the Texans are the team. You don't want to see coming down the end of your schedule. Because Hopkins, top two receiver in the NFL. Will Fuller, one of the best secondary options in the league. And Deshaun Watson is one to fling it. Now, problem with the Texans. Um, how... How do we uh, put this in a in a in a nice in a nice way? Uh, they have uh, coaching deficiencies. I think that's the nice way to say it. Bill O'Brien just has constant blunders as a coach, um, and just really obvious ones. I mean, there's things, there's X's and O's that I'll never claim to really know on that level because I don't watch the amount of film that head coaches do. And I watch a lot of inside film and doing the X's and O's and the NFL Rewind and stuff, but I don't watch as much as that, okay? So I'm not going to say it's bad X's and O's, but there's just glaring miscues that happen in Texans games, and I swear they don't happen for other teams. Example, why did the Texans... When Drew Brees needed, wasn't, I don't want to say wasn't, but Drew Brees needed, he needed to go down the field, but you know, realistically, Drew Brees, age, arm, wasn't throwing it into the end zone. He was trying to get more yards, yards, yards to get in a field goal position, and the Texans basically just said, hey, have at it, bro, we're going to play like a prevent, really soft, cushiony defense. Why? I think that's just this, like Bill O'Brien. I just want to know why. Like that's just one of the stupidest things you could do. And you're literally saying, "Hey, dude, who can't throw the ball past thirty yards?" And, and Brees can throw the ball thirty yards. I'm just Drew Brees' arm strength is not one of the top level quarterbacks. Hey, dude, who can't throw thirty yards? But is one of the most accurate quarterbacks, if not the most accurate quarterback in the league. We're going to give you the defense that allows you to nickel and dime us to get in a position for a field goal. Oh, well, how do you know? But maybe it was a it was a 58-yard field goal. It wasn't a guarantee. Why even allow them the chance at a 58-yard field goal? Take the Oakland-Denver game. Oakland still played regular defense ending the first half, and they could have played just prevent and just let Denver just kind of, you know, dink and dunk and wouldn't have had enough time. But they played regular defense. Denver had to settle for a 64-yard field goal, which really isn't feasible unless you're in Denver. Under 60, there's a lot of kickers kicking 55 to 60-yard field goals now. Like, Bill O'Brien, you've had constant constant just coaching blunders and missteps and just really critical situations and there's no need for it and trust me as I said we're talking about Matthew Stafford tomorrow but if Bill O'Brien wastes Deshaun Watson which I'm very big on Deshaun Watson I think Deshaun Watson has a chance to be Warren Moon 2.0 and I'm very big on Warren Moon If you waste Deshaun Watson's career with some of these terrible coaching decisions, man, he might, but I'll never forgive you. Now let's talk about my own sad sack of a fandom franchise. I hate this. So, Denver is statistically and historically, one of the five best franchises in the NFL. Whether you want to take Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, winning seasons, attendance, Hall of Fame players, Pro Bowl players, there's so many different metrics and uh, accomplishments and accolades that you could ring off. And Denver's one of the best teams in the league. And in the league history. And it's really getting hard to uh, keep saying, back in my day, we used to win all the time. Because that's what it feels like right now. Denver's broken. Like offensively, Denver is just broken. If you take the last year of Peyton Manning, which he was a below average quarterback, and the five games of Brock Osweiler, who uh, we were calling Brock Osweiler a hero at one point. Man, that statement alone, just let that sit with you for a second. We championed Brock Osweiler for five games, and that got him $70 million. Wow. Don't worry. He got us back in the – oh, no, that was different. Never mind. Exclude that last statement. We championed Brock Osweiler. Um, That last year, Peyton Manning, the two years of Trevor Simeon slash Paxton Lynch slash Osweiler came back. And then we go out and get Joe Flacco. And I'm not ready to write the book off on Joe Flacco yet. It's one game. I understand. They didn't really play a lot of preseason. You saw a lot of teams who didn't play preseason together. Uh, the Packers struggled offensively. The Bears struggled offensively. Denver struggled. There's, there's a couple teams that didn't take the preseason and played very few snaps, and they came out and played poor. Fine. But Denver now has a, is on year four being really bad offensively. And I'm running out of things to say. Because, um, mm, you know, I mean, we got – Samarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, um, a bunch of different offensive line. They paid for Leary, um, Juwan James. Unfortunately, he did get hurt, which was a big, which is a big deal last night. But it just seems like this shouldn't be after the three-year onslaught of what was the beginning of Peyton Manning, which was an offense over that three years that averaged thirty-plus points a game. And an offense that set an NFL record in points, to then turn around the next three years and play on one of the worst offenses of a three-year stretch—they're broken. Denver should be up there, and historically they are with the Pittsburghs and the New Englands and the San Franciscos and the Dallas. But we're just not—we're just not there right now. It is. So unbelievably hard to watch. The amount of games where you're just like, we can't get anything going until it's down two scores in the fourth quarter and the other team's just playing Bremen. Even last night. That Raiders started to back off, and then Joe Flacco looked like a quarterback. Cortland Sutton played good last night. Uh, Noah Fant had a catch that was good and then didn't look like he could play football. Um, I know that field is shaking, Oakland, but there were several guys falling down. And the offense just looked anemic. And it's looked anemic for the past three-plus years. This is year four. Year four of anemic. It's bad, guys. It's bad. I don't know what to say. The Broncos defense. If I'm Von Miller, how many times do you really, like, genuinely want to get up and just go at it 100% for the football? You could have a game where you get five sacks, hold them to 17 points, and still lose. It's so bad on offense right now that don't be surprised. This keeps going by week four, week five. <sighs> Where are you going to be calling for Drew Locke? Fans are going to want a new, new guy. And Drew Locke looks terrible in the preseason. I mean, take stats out of it. He looked like what they said he was. Slow-footed. timing's not there. Doesn't read defenses as well as he should. Denver's got a big, big problem on offense. And they need to fix it. Why, Denver? Please don't go away yet. Tune in for our last segment, something only I would understand after this quick break. Thank you for being here all the way with us through this show. Um, I just can't appreciate anybody that listens from start to finish. I don't think a lot of people do that anymore uh, with radio, with podcasts, just there's people that are into clips, Twitter moments, IG stories, whatever the case may be. So I appreciate you guys for all sticking it out with me. Now for what's soon to be everybody's favorite segment of the day, something only I would understand. Antonio Brown. Let's make this clear. Antonio Brown had a really good support system in Pittsburgh. He was a fifth-round pick who worked incredibly hard, became one of the best receivers in the league, and then about a year ago, went crazy. About six months ago, went crazy. And we've continued to see the crazy unfold in Oakland. And everybody's trying to think of an answer. Why would he do this? Uh, We've learned more so how with him reaching out to social media consultants about how it looks like I guess he reached out to someone and said, hey, what's the quickest way to get fired from my job? And I guess people answer that question now. Well, go in and call your boss a you-know-what and act a you-know-what and you'll get fired real quick. And he did just that. When I looked at Antonio Brown's situation, I was really confused. I kept asking myself, why? You're the same guy that wanted guaranteed money. That's why you told us. If your team has guaranteed money, tell them to call me. And a team with guaranteed money called you, and now you're playing on a one year deal with less guaranteed money. Okay. Antonio Brown, super talented. Quite honestly, acted like a brat. In anime, we have another character who super talented. At one point, had a reason that was worth his was worth his actions. Antonio Brown wanted a guaranteed contract. Steelers don't want to give him the guaranteed money. That's understandable if you want to. Part ways. For anybody that's ever watched Naruto, when we're introduced to one Sasuke Uchiha, we're introduced to the prodigy kid. The kid who's better than everybody else at the academy. And we're introduced to his motive of wanting to get stronger, his motive of vengeance, because he has someone that he needs to destroy. That would be His older brother, Itachi. Itachi killed their entire clan, left Sasuke alone, rogue ninja. We all know the story. That made sense for why Sasuke acted the way he did. While we might not agree with it, we didn't agree with the fact that he wanted to go join Orochimaru. We didn't agree with the fact that he felt he had to separate himself from the Leaf. But we could kind of understand. Then, in the beginning of Shippuden, Sasuke goes on this phase of... I don't want friends. Why are you following me? I'm trying to do my best whiny voice here. I apologize. I'm not very good at it. And Sasuke goes on this... In real time, reading the manga, about a two-year phase of just being a brat and just really being whiny. And there was a lot of people, the popularity and likeness around Sasuke really dipped because we couldn't understand why are you acting like this? And there's people in his ear. There is people, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, sorry. Yeah. Antonio Brown. He was told by Jerry Rice or talked to Jerry Rice. Hey, you want to play in Oakland? He said, I want to play in Oakland. Talk to John Gruden, talked to Mike Mayock. Hey, I want to be in Oakland. I want to be a Raider. So he had older people talking to him. Sasuke had older people try to talk to him. Kakashi, uh, even fast forwarding a lot um, to the Hokages talking to him. Bunch of people in his ear. And yet, we still just kind of get this really childish behavior. And then finally, Antonio Brown just says, F it. Burn the whole place down. I don't want to be here no more. Get rid of it. Antonio Brown actually uses a comment or tweets the child who does not feel the warmth of the village will want to burn it down. What did Sasuke want to do? He didn't feel the warmth of the village in his mind and he wanted to burn the Hidden Leaf Village. (laughs) While Antonio Brown hasn't completed his character arc yet, Sasuke never really rebounded or turned himself all the way around until Naruto just beat him until they were both losing, missing an arm. I don't think Belichick has to beat Antonio Brown until he's missing an arm, but one of Antonio Brown's peers... That he has to, if not upfront respect, learn to respect that's in his class, not only as a player, but just in, excuse me, no, just in his class as a player. Someone got to get it through to him. Antonio Brown is the Sasuke Uchiha of the NFL. Thank you guys for listening. It was a wonderful Tuesday show. I hope you join me back here again on Wednesday. Don't forget to go as always go check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I talk a lot9080 in on Instagram, Twitter, HardFowl Podcast on Facebook. Uh, don't forget to check out No Feelings Meetings when it drops this week. And also AM Podcast on Saturday. I appreciate all of you guys. Don't forget to go check it out. Check us out on YouTube if you have not at Hardfowl. And I will see you guys tomorrow.